Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, hello, hello. Glad to have you back here. Today's episode is with the one and only Charlie Birch. Now, she's got an amazing summit coming up. It's called the Remote Work Summit, and I'm going to be a virtual speaker there. So in today's episode, we basically talk about the importance of what it's like to elevate your team up level your leadership, stand up from the crowd while also doing that remotely. How can you maintain a great company culture while being in different continents? And how can you do so on a sustainable level? Pretty interesting given the time that we live in with a digital world and the globalization. So I thought it was a, it was great to have her on. And she has some information on how you can secure your invite today. Space is limited, but the links are in the show notes. And please, as always, let me know if you have any other questions. Enjoy the episode. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Charlie Birch. Now, she's the co-founder, owner, and director of program development at Rebel and Connect, which is a company that designs custom retreats for remote teams. We're going to be talking about what it means to celebrate the human connection in the digital world. And as you can imagine, we'll be talking a lot about remote work. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a huge fan of the show, and it's, uh, it's fun to be on the other side. <laughs> well, well, thank you as well. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of the work you're doing. Um, I'm going to be speaking at one of your conferences virtually, so uh, we'll give you a chance to talk about that. But I am also curious about your background. How did you get into this line of work where you are really passionate about celebrating human connection in the digital world. That's something that's always fascinated me, how to connect in the digital world. Sure. So my background is a little bit like a quilt. It's very patchwork together. I started out as a dance performer and choreographer, and that took me to, okay, what, you know, what's my backup plan in case I don't become the next, you know, superstar dance performer. Um, so I got into psychology and in particular uh, dance movement therapy, which is a very uh, body-centered, experiential type of counseling. And uh, about I did two, two out of the three years of a master's program in that, which was really wonderful and super rich. 
personally and, you know, for my professional skill set as well. But I, I came to realize I didn't want to be a counselor for lots of reasons. But one of the reasons being I didn't feel like I would have uh, the location independence that I really had come to enjoy as a student. I, I studied abroad a lot as a student. I traveled around for summer courses and stuff, and it became a really important part of my identity to be able to get up and move to a new place. And when you're having a, you know, a psychology profession, like a counseling license, you have to apply for your licensure in that particular state. And then if you want to move to a new state, you have to reapply. And that process can take, you know, a year sometimes, and you can get denied for all kinds of you know, you didn't have the right course load for that state's licensure requirements and everything, and it's just a huge hassle. Um, so I got into the coaching space instead, and I had a, a solo coaching business that I worked on in a couple of different realms. I, I did some burnout prevention coaching for busy entrepreneurs. I did some lifestyle design as well, which, you know, is a little bit complementary, just a different lens. Um, and then I was also dabbling in the coaching and training space and the diversity and inclusion space, which is one of the reasons I'm, you know, a huge fan of your work, because we have that in common as a passion point. Um, but being a solo entrepreneur, I really came into relationship with the fact that I'm an extreme extrovert on the Myers-Briggs. If you're familiar, I'm a about a 99% extrovert. I have very, very little bit of introvert in me. Um, and it just became really emotionally and mentally isolating for me to be working by myself, for myself, in my house, even if I was in a coffee shop, you know, I didn't have human to human connection. And I started to look, I actually took, um, participated in Marie Forleo's B-School program a couple years ago and started to look at, okay, what are some different ways that I could apply my skill set? And what do I really want to be doing? You know, I, I think I was having trouble growing my old business because I didn't really like it. Like I, I liked the idea of it, but the day to day of it, I wasn't really super excited about. And what I came around to is I really had an issue with this idea of just creating these kind of online courses and doing this really deep in person, you know, deep personal work with people that the coaching um, world requires, but not having any real relationship with my clients, because I wanted that. It's hard to scale one on one time. So I thought about you know, how can I create real life experiences and then looking into the market who really needs these real time experiences. And that's how I got kind of into the remote workspace, having experience as a remote worker and looking at, you know, where are um, real life experiences not necessarily happening on a regular basis and where would those real time experiences really add tremendous value for the people that were able to engage with them. And that's where we got the idea of mm. remote uh, retreats for remote teams. And I, so I reached out to my two co-founders, Summer, who is got a background in event planning, and Rachel has a background in travel management. And so I use my background in personal and professional development to inform kind of, you know, the, the why of an event. Summer handles all the logistics, and Rachel handles all of the um, travel details from anything from ground transportation, air transportation, hotels, uh, all the way up to visas, which I know you have mm -hmm. some familiarity with how complicated that can be as well. So yeah, that's that's the the short and sweet version of my my life story. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. You touched on something there that I want to dive into. You touched on values there. So I'm curious, since you have this amazing experience 
and we're in New York City and the ambulance is going to go on. But um, <laughs> since you have this amazing experience with working across distributed organizations, how do you create a sense of value and culture that you want in when, when you have dispersed uh, people all over the world? Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there with the values. Um, it's very important to have clear, explicit values. So, like, for us, we actually, at the very beginning of our, you know, startup journey, really looked at what are our personal values and where do they overlap? Because if you have too many explicit values, it's just kind of chaos. And if you don't have enough overlap when it's just one leader telling you this is what we value, then you don't have enough buy-in from people. So we have five for our company, which are rebellion, harmony, adventure, impact, and connection. And we look at, you know, all the ways that we can action that. And I think one of the things, and I'm, I'm sure you come across this in the work you do with culture, is that people, it's a buzzword, culture, but people don't always have a really good understanding of what that actually is. Like, culture is not, we have a pool table in our office. Culture is not... You know, we all use Mac computers because they're cool. Like, it's it's much less of a tangible thing, culture, and it's really how you do things. How you do things and how the way you do things is informed by your values. And I think people tend to overcomplicate and oversimplify at the same time what culture is. And that's one of the things we look at when we're planning events for our, you know, individual clients and their teams is what are your company values and how can we build a retreat that brings those to life, that actually allows you to embody those values. So it's, you know, if you value productivity and innovation, then maybe you don't want to go on a retreat that has no work component and is, uh, you know, an event that everybody else could do too that's not customized. You want a custom retreat that maybe incorporates some, some work time. And if you have, you know, values that are, like for us, um, rebellion, we don't want to do a retreat that anybody else could buy or that we've done before. <laughs> we want to do something different every time, right? Yeah. And so, and then you have the adventure component. We want to um, do something that gets us outside of our comfort zone. With the connection piece, we want to make sure that there's time in the event to not only connect, really connect with each other, but to connect with ourselves and to connect with nature and then when in terms of the impact value that we have, um, for us, when we do our internal retreats, we always try to make sure that there's some kind of social giving or community outreach component, um, which I can talk a little bit more about that when we get down into the event that you're part of. Um, but I think that that's, you know, first of all, I think it's really important for people to understand what culture is and what culture isn't. And I think that is, I mean, a huge conversation that's bigger than this this interview, but um, I don't know, would you agree in terms of you work in the culture space as well? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with what culture is and what culture is. And, and you said it's, it's, you know, it's really what you do. I'll even add to that, you know, it basically culture is how you, it informs how you make decisions, right? You know, what are the values you're making your decisions on? You know, if, for example, there's a money, to, uh, an opportunity to partner up with a brand that might boost your revenue X amount of dollars, but at the same time, you you look deeper and you look at the company and you're like, man, they don't stand for anything we do. At that point, you're making a culture decision. Are you going to go for the revenue or are you going to go for the values? Yeah. Um, that's that. You know, that's an example of that, and that that informs um, how everything is done. And if you're 
if you make decisions based in unity, harmony, rebellion, then you're going to make sure that you, the people you bring into the company resonate with those with those core values. And are, do you sell out by saying someone has this degree, so I'm going to get that, or do you, um, you know, hire for that? So yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's so. That's such an important thing to keep in mind as you're. Well, regardless of what stage of business, but especially in the startup world, which I have a lot of experience with, there's that that moment where you really need, or maybe a series of moments where you really need that first client. You really need that new contract. And it's very tempting to just kind of compromise your own values and take the client you can get. And I know from experience, especially in my coaching business, it just <laughs> creates different problems. It solves. It might solve the, the cash flow issue, but it never. It's not going to be a long term client. You don't feel like you can be yourself. The client doesn't resonate with you. I mean, these things are are so important to really look at that alignment. And I think there's a lot of conversation about you know make sure you're a lot you're in alignment and like what does that mean? And it's interesting having a dance background. You know that has a very um, kinesthetic and anatomical reference point to be in alignment or not. Um, but in a, in an energetic way, what does it mean to be in alignment and learning how to listen to your body? And that's one of the reasons, you know, you mentioned in my little intro, this idea of celebrating the human connections, because I, what I notice is that people in the online business space, which is mostly where we hang out, um, and the tech space and just maybe our society in general, we get really excited about like the new shiny tech thing, you know, and we look at tech as this kind of glorification, we tend to romanticize it, and we tend to undervalue humanity uh, in so many ways, and tech is a creation of humanity, like without us, there would be no creation, there would be no innovation, Mm -hmm. there would be no, you know, beta group, there would be no, (laughs) any of that, and so it's really important to not sell ourselves short in terms of what we as humans as leaders as team members as community members can bring to the table because without us driving you know driving things forward there wouldn't be that and if you're not in touch with yourself if you're just if you're working remotely and you become an extension of your computer instead of your computer being an extension and a tool and a vehicle through which you can you know share your difference and your gifts like you talk about um I think that that's really a shame, but more importantly, if you lose touch with your body, you don't know when you're out of alignment because you can't feel it because you're numb to it. And so that's why we really encourage people to take their remote teams and get them together in real time, do the digital detox, be in nature, reconnect with your natural rhythms, with your sensory self, and not just your prefrontal cortex of your brain that's doing all of the taskmaster kind of things that happen on a day-to-day basis um, when you're working in kind of a linear and um, like pokey is for lack of a better word. I'm trying to think of a word that explains like the movement pattern of typing, a very um, direct and tight and narrow kind of movement pattern. It's important to give your body and your mind alternative ways of being so that you can keep the richness of who you are accessible to you. I love that. I love that so much. That's so so practical as well. So then, how do you improve communication in remote teams? You know, that's that's another thing people normally ask. We talked about the value and the culture element and understanding why you need to have that firm foundation. 
What about communication? You know, there are time zones. There are different things that come into play. What do you think? Sure, sure. Well, you know, I think um, we hear a lot about like communication is really hard on remote teams. And what I find the more I talk to the leaders of remote teams, people who work on remote teams, and just people who work virtually, even for themselves, um, what we've found is that whatever is being, whatever skills are lacking in a co-located environment are going to be exaggerated by a remote working environment. So if you're having problems with communication on your remote team, it's probably not because you have a remote team. It's probably because you don't have great communication skills. And that's not to say like, ew, you know, shame on you, you're a bad communicator. But when you're in person, there's a lot of things that happen implicitly that you can take for granted. And in a remote space, you have to be so explicit. Everything has to be explicit. Where, when, why, how. You know, your people need to know where they need to communicate, what they need to communicate, when they need to communicate it by, how they need to communicate it. You know, if I say to somebody, um, let me know when that's done. Well, where do, they, where do I want them to let me know? In Slack or in email or in Google Drive notes? And if they're going to let me know in Slack, do I also need the link to the Google Drive or is it assumed that I have it? What if I don't have it? And what do I mean when I say, you know, when I say let me know when it's done, is my expectation that it's going to be done by a certain time or is my expectation that they can do it whenever they want to? So I think there's um, an opportunity that remote work offers. One of the opportunities that remote work offers is to kind of hold a mirror up to ourselves and look at, you know, these skills that we have and they're okay, but where can they be improved on? And it's really hard to, um, it's, it's easier in a co-located context for mediocre skills to get you by. In a remote work setting, you really have to have exceptional communication skills. You have to have exceptional leadership skills. You have to have exceptional culture building skills. So that's definitely um, part of it. And then I would also say, you know, there's there's definitely um, an importance in when it comes to, like, the tools that you use. You're going to have way better results communicating with your team if you use a video platform for your meetings than if you use a teleconference line because you're going to have the physical body language cues, and that is going to help people not talk over each other or, un, you know, anticipate mood and things like that that can reduce misunderstanding. And in the same regard, you know, you want to have a good system. Like when we first started, we were all friends before we founded our company together. And maybe like two weeks in, we realized, you know what? We need a better tool than text messaging and email because this is crazy. Like we actually have a document where Rachel went back and popped <laughs> all the email threads and all the text messages into one Google Doc because she's like, I can't, I can't keep track of it. So that's when we got Slack, which, you know, is not rocket science for remote workers. Almost everybody uses Slack or has some similar piece of tech that's built into their virtual office, and we, we love that. Um, but then if you just have one Slack channel for everything, that's also not going to be great communication because where? Where do I want the update about you know, the Facebook Live group 
Well, I want that in the Facebook Live channel. I don't want it in the sales strategy channel because that's not where I would go to look for it and not where I would be able to think to find it. So I think explicit, being explicit, recognizing that remote teams highlight weaknesses so that you can improve on them, not ditch the remote team, and finding the right tech and making sure your people know what tech is for what types of communication and why that is. Mm. You know, the why is, is so important. The expectations become really important to be full circle explicit. Yeah. Wow. So being explicit, using the right tech, even went on to say sometimes uh, with video being more, um, you know, powerful than non-video forms of communication, especially if you're remote. So you can pick up on the body language cues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And of course, you know, there is also the relationship building, which is one of the reasons we encourage retreats. Even if you have the right tech, even if you have, you know, explicit communication, even if your expectations are super clear, there is just going to be a limit to how much people know and trust each other if they've never met in person. Mm. And it's amazing when you get to know somebody in a bigger picture than just, you know, you are the community manager and you are the social media person. Like when you know, and you also really like this band and your favorite food is this, and you have two cats and I have four dogs and maybe that's a lot of pets <laughs> as an example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running with it. Once you know people in their fullness, um, when there is a potential for miscommunication, you're much more likely to assume the best of that person and assume it's a miscommunication then assume the worst of that person and project all your stress and all your crap all over them so that's one of the reasons why we feel like it's really important for communication also to get your people together in real time at least once a year whenever you know more if possible hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Possible. Um, because there's that that sense of bonding and that sense of trust that makes um, difficult communication easier. You know, there's going to be miscommunication. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be things that, that come up. There's difficult conversations that have to be had, and it's much easier and safer and appro- more approachable to have a difficult conversation with somebody you know and respect than it is with somebody who feels like an avatar. Yeah, no, I love that. And that actually segues into my point. I was actually wanted to, to highlight the fact that, you know, people always say sometimes that remote workers can suffer from loneliness or burnout. 
or being too sedentary. So you're saying that these retreats can create playful environments that people can can learn more about themselves. Absolutely. Hmm. And and in your it's so interesting because I always when I do social media I always I always try to remind people not to forget the social and social media that you know I love what social media does for me in terms of my business. But a lot of times whenever I have an opportunity to meet the person, I, you know, meet the person in real life, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, let's grab coffee or let's grab, I don't even drink coffee, but let's grab a, a, a beverage of some sort. <laughs> I <laughs> like have the tea. same, I don't drink coffee and I say that to people all the time. Let's get a coffee. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and the same thing, I say it all the time. I'm like, oh gosh, I feel like a fraud. But, um, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's grab a beverage. So I, 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 I can see what you're saying with that. Now, how do you normally go to companies to tell them? How does your business work with that way? Do you say, hey, we can help your remote team to be even closer? Or what do you do? Um, well, it depends on, I mean, if a company approaches us, we definitely want to, you know, kind of follow their lead and make sure that we're um, meeting them where they're at. Uh, but a lot of the conversation that we have around retreats has to do with um, investment in culture investment in uh, training and development, investment in community presence, and investment in the, the uh, wellness of your team and the sustainability of your team um, over time. So, and all of our retreats are customized, like I said. So if, the t- you know, we have a couple people that have come to us over the years and said, you know, I, we already do retreats. We have a good model. Uh, we understand the value. And we just don't, we don't have the bandwidth to continue to, you know, ask our people to do this as a volunteer on top of their additional job. We hired them for their expertise in X and we want to hire you for your expertise in retreats so that they're not trying to be the CPA and plan a retreat. Um, And one of the things we find with that model, which is, it's actually very common because I mean, retreats are expensive. There's just no way around that. Like it's an investment in your people and it can have when done right, a really positive impact on your bottom line as well. Um, you can get a very, not like direct ROI, like you're not necessarily going to make money on your retreat, um, but the results and the ripple out from the retreat can can really infuse the team's ability to be high performing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not so much that we are looking at a specific remote model, like our specific specific retreat model. It's definitely more of how can we use this tool as a strategic uh, add-on to what you're doing to enhance what you're already doing. And most people start by organizing the retreats themselves. They get the results they want and they get some frustrations and they need You know, it's just like you originally maybe do your own graphics and then eventually you reach a point in your business and you're like, I'm going to hire a graphic designer. Or originally you post all your own blog copy and you produce all your own podcasts and eventually you reach a point where it makes more sense for you to hire somebody to do that editing for you or to hire somebody to do the posting on the, you know, and all the little SEO optimization and adding the graphics and the captions to the blog and you just create the content. And so we really partner with our clients. Um, we always have one point of contact that we work directly with. And as soon as they come in our door, you know, our, our virtual <laughs> hypothetical door, um, the first thing they do is talk with me about like the who and the why of the event. 
And so when you say the who, it's like, well, the team. Well, is it? It depends on the size of your group. If you have 100 people, um, it might make more sense to do two different retreats throughout the course of the year, and people can pick the one they want to go to. Or if you have multiple departments inside your organization, does it make most sense to uh, do a retreat for all of your, your management? Or does it make more sense to do a retreat for each department? Um, and at what point do you invite families to come along? If people are limited by their ability to come on this retreat because they are a parent, um, is your culture of your company one that values family? And is there space for the, the family to be part of that? Just like it would be if you were in a co-located place. It would be really weird if you worked with somebody for five years in a co-located place and never met their family, like at a holiday party or you know, a baseball game where your kids play Little League together, those kinds of things and how that can inform. So I look at the who, and then we also look at the why. What is the goal of the retreat? For some people, the goal is just to get together and unplug and have fun and be human. And for some people, it's training. And for some people, it's a little bit of both. And so that's really important on the front end to really know what are, what's the big objective, what's the why, and who's going to be involved in that. And then Rachel looks at the what and the where, you know, what are the activities that we're going to be doing that are specific to the location that we choose and what, de what destinations make sense based on where your people are coming from, what season you're doing it. Um, you know, how, what kind of, for example, if you know you want to have an event that is, you know, um, very nature based, you wouldn't want to do that in a big city. If you know you want to have a retreat that is a working meeting, you don't want to be somewhere so so remote and off the grid that there's no internet. You know, so looking at the destination as a, a vital part of the retreat success, and then summer comes and ties it all together with, you know, an itinerary and a timeline and a this needs to be out the door by then. And she handles on actually on the ground at the event, um, at least making sure there's a point person. I mean, sometimes we go and sometimes we don't. It depends on the budget of the team. Um, it, it doesn't always make sense for us to to add that onto their onto their retreat budget for us to be there if it's a smaller team and somebody's willing to take the lead. But that can also have some some um, pros and cons in terms of you know can you really relax as a team member and participate and enjoy fully the experience if you're also kind of you know the team leader yeah. for the event. So well, yeah. Well, that, I can see why you do what you do. You definitely. Um, know this world and um, I'm grateful that the remote industry has you. So this is, so this is interesting because this segues into what you're doing in May. What, what, yeah. are, what are you doing in May and why are you so excited about it? Well, uh, so many reasons <laughs> about the excitement. I mean, we're really excited about it because it's the first year we'll be doing it. Um, we're really excited about all the amazing, just unbelievable, amount of support we've received from our network in terms of people, um, you know, volunteering their time and their resources to help us get this thing off the ground. We're really excited about the venue. Um, but I'll back up for a second because I'll, I'll tell our audience what, what is she, what this lady talking about? Mm -hmm. So we are uh, hosting remote work summit. It is a destination style leadership conference. It's taking place in Guatemala, specifically in a little town called San Marcos, La Laguna which is on Lake Atitlan, which is amazing. It's, it's known as one of the most beautiful lake regions in the world. 
And the reason that we picked that particular destination is because this event, which we'll do in a different location every year, is also always going to be a not-for-profit event. So we don't make any money planning it. We don't make any money hosting it. Um, nobody involved is making any money unless they are part of the local community where the event is hosted. And then 100% of the profits go back into the local community. So every year when it's in a new place, we'll be able to help a new local community uh, with a need that they have. This year, we are partnered with uh, two different NGOs down in San Marcos, uh, Cono Hell and Fincas Buenas, and they both work together already. They're already, you know, interacting with each other, but their kind of related cause is to address the systematic causes of hunger and uh, chronic hunger and malnutrition in the rural communities of Guatemala. And um, like I said, the reason that we picked Guatemala was because that of all the venue spaces that we reached out to, um, Greg, who is the owner of Eagles Retreats, which will be the hub for the event in San Marcos, it has offered to donate his space free of charge. All we have to do is pay for, you know, like I think we're paying for speaker, like literal speakers, like sound audio speakers for the dance party that we're having the one night. But other than that, he has, you wow. know, donated the space, which is an outrageously generous offer. And so that was kind of the first piece of the puzzle to fall into place. And then from there, we worked with him to find these nonprofits. And then from there, we worked, you know, with our network to find speakers who can come and speak for free, we have their speaking fees, videographers, photographers that are coming to waive their speaking fees so that all of the ticket sales can go back into the local community to address this cause. And, you know, that's one of the things that we're really passionate about. Yes, you can work from anywhere as a remote worker and you can travel the world and you can have this really, you know, for lack of a better word, like sexy laptop lifestyle um, and you can Instagram about it, but you also have the opportunity to have an impact everywhere. You know, I think that one of the things that makes me kind of sad is this idea, and, and motivated for this business, this idea that we're all just going to become extensions of our computer, and the workload is how do I automate my sales funnel? And how do I not have to interact with anyone I work for or anyone I work with, and I can just go travel around the world and, you know, make money while I sleep? And, like, that's great. Every, yes. Get passive income. It's fantastic. I have street passive income streams. They make it possible for me to start a business. That's amazing. Do that. And don't disconnect from the world and then hide in the world. You know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so we want to really kind of highlight not only does the remote work movement have the ability to give you personally lifestyle freedom, location independence, you know, the ability to travel. It also gives you the ability to um, step into the world and interact with people you wouldn't otherwise meet if you're in an office and get involved with, you know, causes and efforts to better the world that you wouldn't have the time and space to do if you were in an office. Um, and so that's very close to our heart. And that's kind of the motivation for this event is one, to bring people in our network together to share ideas about remote leadership and fully distributed companies, what's working, what's not working, especially around the human part. Um, and so that's the content. You know, we have people coming to talk on remote leadership, on remote teams, on remote culture. Uh, we have people like yourself that are doing the virtual talks because it's a hybrid event. 
that way. And then we also have um, cultural immersive activities that people can choose from. We have some yoga classes as well. And then we have some like natural nature immersion um, activities throughout the weekend and some awesome social networking parties that, you know, no name tags. That, that <laughs> We're not going to have any name tags. Have you ever been to a conference without name tags? Because I've never I, been. I'm not. I, told, I put my foot down about the name tags. I said <laughs> no name tags. If people want to know your name, they can ask you. And if you want to know someone's name, you can ask them. Because also, I don't know, maybe this is just me, but as a female, I don't really ever know where to put my name tag so that I don't feel like, um, you know, I'm just kind of being gawked at. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never said anything about that, but I've always, I, I've just been like, every time I'm at a conference, I always look up, look up, look up, because I always felt like, even though I wasn't looking at, at any that direction, I can't read your name because yeah. it makes me look bad. So I, I'm glad you said it because <laughs> I've never known what to do. I was like, ah, yeah, my name is Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. Okay. Um. So yeah, no, I, I love I love everything about this, and you know, I, I'm thank you so much for inviting me to speak. This is this is gonna be really fun to to hear and see all those great minds, and I've already connect with a lot of the people listening. I mean, I don't know. We're both connected on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, we have a mutual friend that's particularly eager to meet the speakers. So he's, you know, he comments a lot and he interacts with everyone. So I, you, you have a friendly audience that's excited about the content. And, and the fact that people are already interacting before the conference speaks tremendously to who you are, your organization, and what people can expect. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we, we also have our Facebook group, um, which is Remote Leadership Think Tank on Facebook. It's a free group, but it's closed. So we, you know, do a little bit of curation to make sure it's not um, just any old person that likes to join groups because there's some some group trolls around in the world these days. Uh, <laughs> but we do, you know, we do some live trainings in there every week. And so we've really tried to find the balance of tapping into our existing community as we build out the event and also um, stretch ourselves a little bit. Like you and I have been connected, but not super actively. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this will be our first time really working together, which is exciting. And of course I'd love to have you there in person, but I know you can't make it that way. So One day. <laughs> maybe next year. Um, yeah. But we have, you know, definitely, definitely stretched ourselves and, it's been it's been really wonderful experience to see how receptive everybody is to this idea. I mean, it, it's kind of intimidating to say, okay, I'm going to do a nonprofit event and I'm going to reach out to some of these, you know, really big name speakers that, you know, could probably get a five-figure payday for speaking at an event and ask them to do it for free if I'll put them in a hotel. <laughs> And, you know, I think without, without the bigger why behind the event, like if we were just like, Hey, you know, we're doing an event and we, we don't, you know, we're going to make a bunch of money off of it, but you don't get to, that would not really go over so well, I don't think. So, um, it's been really humbling and equally an honor to just do the groundwork just to get the foundation laid down. And I'm just, really, really excited when I, I know you saw that I put out an article, um, a blog article a couple weeks ago 
highlighting all the different speakers. And I know I talked to all of you as I was planning. I mean, I recruited all of you. And I still, I when I was writing back through, you know, reading back through everybody's bios to write this, this thought leader article, I was like, wow, what a cool group of people. Like, I'm so excited. And I just, like, feel so, so honored that, um, that people are willing to get behind our mission and help us make this a reality. And I'm, I'm just, you know, tickets just went on sale about two weeks ago. And we're just really, really excited to watch the community grow. And it's just the beginning, you know, we're going to do it every year from now on. So it's, it's a great time to get involved because it's a baby, you know, it's just forming. And the people who are involved this year are going to have so much influence over the way it evolves. And I think that that's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to commend you. I mean, you, for a first time event, this is, this is tremendous. And, um, I, you know, I'm excited to be part of it. I love the mission and the fact that you're able to get all these speakers to come to, to Guatemala. It's going to be an educational experience as much as it is a transformative experience. So it's just, once again, I just want to commend you on this. I, you know, I've worked at several events. I know how hard it is, but this is this is quite the feat. So, thank you. Yeah, Where, what's the website? Where can people buy tickets? Sure. So uh, we have a big long URL that we can't remember. So why would you be able to? So we have our snazzy Bitly. So it's bit. dot ly slash remote work summit. And if you Google Remote Work Summit, we'll be number two and number three on Google as far as any computer I've looked at. So it's pretty easy to find. Absolutely. And we'll, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes, right? The, the link. The link <laughs> we're pretty, just... I'm pretty stoked that we're number two on Google. I mean, we've been trying to get some other things on Google for a while, but for some reason, you never know with the SEO. It just happens or it doesn't, it seems like. so. You just never know. No. You just never know. Thank you so much. Before we go, I always ask my guests this question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So how, Charlie, do you use your difference to make a difference? Well, you know, I think for us, it's an interesting world that we're in where we are uh, touching tech a lot. We touch the tech world a lot. And we're folk, you know, none of us have a background in tech. Like I've always had a computer, like we're millennials. So we know tech as a pedestrian way. Um, but I think it's a real value that we bring to our clients is the ability to offer that outside perspective to not live in, you know, the tech world, Silicon Valley bubble. That's not our reality. And um, an outside perspective is, is so valuable to, um, you know, self-reflection, organizational reflection, transformation and growth. And so that's our difference in terms of we don't come from the same background as the people that we work with and work for. And I think that that's a really a valuable asset that we're able to bring that, you know, you can't really put a price tag on. Right. Right. Love it. Love it. No, that's, that's well said. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. We'll make sure we have every link to, to uh, connect with you. Really, really um, hoping that this is going to be a great event and I'm making sure that um, I'm going to do my best to promote it. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.